this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Filmuth. I'm Marlene Siege. <laughs> so, what if you could choose your environment? What if you could actively choose what comes in, what you leave out, what mm. you invite into your world, into your environment? What would it be? What would it be like? You know, it's a little, it's a good thought experiment because today I find that more and more we're exposed to a lot of stuff that we didn't really choose and we yeah. don't need and we a lot of us don't want right and this episode is is really diving deep i think into it this is going to be a little bit of a bleak episode just a little bleak right <laughs> but at the same time i i think this is an important thing to acknowledge could it be that the more accommodating our environment becomes the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves, right? What is an environment? I mean, you could answer that for us, I, th I bet, in, in in great detail, you know? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean to to be resilient and what does it mean to, to have stress and can we opt out, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, you'd think that the planet's big enough. You'd think there's enough space everywhere for, for anybody to mm -hmm. just kind of like go off and do what they want. But yet more and more, it's it's just not like that, all right? Um, or are, are we just so far gone in our first world that we, we we no longer can see what's beyond our own cage? So there we go. Um, that's an interesting way to kick it off because last week we did uh, an episode that was uh, that I, I dubbed the Coca-Cola constellation, and it it was based off of a dream that I had had a long time ago. And the the scary thing is that. After I published the Coca-Cola constellation, um, I, I, I saw online that over the last year or so, there are a couple startups that are now really pushing to actually do this. Mm -hmm. And when I when I typed in the Coca-Cola constellation as I was uploading it um, to all the different sources, or at least... Um, setting uh, all the live streams into operation. You know, once once we finish live, everything is pretty much up there and good to go. But um, for example, in the Podbean world, I tend to re-upload it because the audio quality from the, the video cast is better than the one that uh, is provided in the live stream. Though the live stream quality is very good, um, I still like to work on it a little bit. And, well, not work on it, but let's just say the intro, like the music, just get everything nice and polished and put it up as, as a nice little podcast, right? Mm. And uh, the first si slide I'd like to show with uh, share with you guys, then we're going to kind of jump into uh, a couple meaty topics, is uh, just to kind of paint a picture of what I'm talking about. 
this is what caught my eye. And it was actually really weird to have that thought in my mind only as a dream and now to see there are people out there actually putting this dystopian um, future into action, <laughs> mm. right? So what can you say about this, Madeline? I think that, so it, it also for you guys to know, Madeline has officially finished her book. Yay. Yeah, she, she, she's... Uh, she's I'm still uh, recovering from it. <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. um, so the last uh, couple of weeks, all the, the thought ideas of the episodes going into this show has pretty much just been me because Maddie was like, just I'll show up, but I just I I, I can't I can't take <laughs> partake in any of the of uh of of the making of the show or anything like that. So I'll just be there and and I'll and I'll and I'll join in the conversation. So yeah. um, it, with, with exception to the Maddie went all in episode, that was all her, and it was a it was a it was a nice little break from her daily grind to talk about her journey over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But right? other than that, yeah, I was really caught into the whole book thing. But now it's it's done. Like there's not not much to. To be said about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the we'll printing press soon. Go into the into the print, and then yeah, I'm excited about it too. But also, I'm happy and relieved that it's over now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 time. You know, it's... at the certain point, you can't see it anymore. You can't read it anymore. Right. You know everything by heart, and you just want to move on and do something else. That's right. That's right. And just yeah, just take you know time for not doing a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And. This, this, you know, not doing a lot to me. That, 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 that to me, that word means relaxing. Yeah, and that's what I say. One relaxing. of the <laughs> big things I love to do when I relax is to just go outside and look at the sky. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the world is now fast approaching into this idea that the sky is going to be polluted with advertisement mm -hmm. and billboards. Yeah, that's and crazy, yeah. Um, they're officially calling them space billboards. And I'm going to get into detail as to who's behind it, why, and what the reality is about mm. it uh, in the near future. I, you know, I'm hoping this is something that's going to not happen. You know, there are a lot of people, um, we'll get into why there, a lot of people are against it. Mm -hmm. But um, in Berlin, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a nice, beautiful trench, not a trench, but like a space in the middle of the city that was all green and, and beautiful, uh, where the wall used to be, mm -hmm. where the deadlands used to be, right? Between East and West Berlin. And uh, we were told by the governments for many, many years that a big part of it was going to remain as parks for people and it was never going to be allowed to be developed. Mm. There are million, multi-million euro condos now built uh, on those parks. So it just goes to show you that just because it was put into law and it was said that it's not going to happen doesn't mean it won't. When enough money comes around yeah. and um, someone lines their pockets and is remembered for it, um, it tends to uh, sway decision-making, right? Yep. Um, so another thing that we want to talk about as well in the episode today is, you know, it's a Wednesday, so t Wednesdays are typically a bit quieter as far as people chiming in. I hope that uh, that a couple people will call in and actually tell us what they think about this and uh, tell tell the world and, and maybe hopefully we're bringing this now into a conversation that can be had in other places too because the idea of advertisement on this level i think is you know what i mean you know like it's not something you can go backwards from and this is what mm. madeline is going to talk to us about today she's going to talk to us <laughs> about uh, resilience yes right yeah what it actually means and how you would put it into context from a biological point of view right and um 
yeah, just as you said, you know, something that you can't change mm -hmm. anymore once you made that step. And this is kind of the idea behind the whole resilience yep. concept in an ecosystem as well. Yeah. Um, so let's dive in. Uh, before mm -hmm. we dive in, I just want to make it clear for everybody watching us right now on whatever source they're watching us on. We are live on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and Telegram. Telegram is actually, uh, I'm, I'm becoming more and more impressed with it because um, you can live video stream into it. So that means that <laughs> people who are using Telegram, they could have it on their computer or on their phone and they can enjoy the live stream, uh, stream on uh, either media. The... Uh, Twitch and DLive, Twitch, um, you know, I, I think it's it's nice that it's integrated into a lot of televisions and stuff like that now, but um, they're already starting with some of the censorship garbage, which is why we are not on YouTube, we are not on Facebook, we are not on Twitter, we are Twitter, we are not on any of those, uh, the Instagram, any of those other platforms that tend to have issues with um, censorship and so on and so forth. So we don't serve the censorship gods and we don't wait <laughs> for them to tell us where we can do things and how and where and when and all that stuff. Um, Rockfin and Rumble are, I'd say that Rockfin is our home now, right? We've put all of our content onto Rockfin and um, Rumble is also there for the live streaming. And then you will always see the last two weeks of content on Rumble for free. Afterwards, it'll be taken down and uh, replaced with new content because we yep. stream twice a week. Wednesdays and Sundays. Rockfin, you could sign up and uh, with a membership, you can have access to all episodes, not just all of our premium content, which is anything older than two weeks. Um, access to any other person's content, premium content on Rockfin. It's got that kind of like Netflix subscription model where you pay mm. uh, for the, the membership fee and you can enjoy all premium content from any, um, uh, from any channel. Podbean, we are live in audio format. So for you guys driving around and want to hear uh, the audio version of this live and even call in and so on and so forth, Podbean is excellent for that. Um, Telegram, we also offer the ability for anybody using the Telegram app to join us in the Smart Home Stupid People chat, which is called Smart Home Stupid Chat. <laughs> and it is linked to the Smart Home Stupid People channel. Mm. Within the Smart Home Sp People chat or the Smart Home Stupid chat, you can post questions and at the same time say, hey, I'd like to call in. We click on your name and we bring you into the show in live in audio or video format, whatever you mm -hmm. guys prefer. So that being said, let's um, let's go now into really what this show is about. There we go. Oh, I got to fix you. You're all like down there, Maddie. <laughs> I know. What <laughs> well, is I'm that? hanging there. Oh, I have to fix that some other time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm up here, but you're down there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I can do one of these. Here, look at that. See, that kind of works. Oh, boom, okay. Boom, boom. Are you also changing? Yeah, it's you're hard also... to explain why, but it's. Oh, it's okay. Just, you know, look at that. Oh man, I'm getting good at this stuff. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, that being said, I'm gonna have to put my microphone to the side, mm. and I'm gonna go through the basics of what. Mm -hmm. happened. Like mm -hmm. I said, you know, this is a dream that I had had. I, I, I talked about this last um, episode and the dream was very disturbing. You know, to me, I, I, uh, um, I used to do a lot of stargazing when I was younger mm -hmm. and I, uh, yeah, I like, I'd say between the ages of like, I don't know, maybe like 10 and 14, I was avidly outside on my lawn, uh, or maybe even younger than that. I can't remember exactly. 
And um, I, I, I remember seeing increasingly every year as every year went by that the light pollution was becoming worse and worse in the city that I was living in at the time. And I had a dream where all of a sudden light pollution was so bad that the stars were washed out of the sky and you couldn't uh, stargaze anymore properly. And instead I looked up and I saw a Coca-Cola constellation in the yeah, sky. Freaky. Yeah, exactly. And that, so, that dream stayed with me my mm. whole life. I've told it to many people. Mm. Um, it's something I haven't spoken about in, in you know, recent history because, you know, it's one of these things I didn't want to, I don't know, it just, it just didn't really come up. But recently I felt the urge yeah. with you being busy with your book and, and, and saying, Hey, you pick the content and then we'll just do it. Oh, maybe also because the, I was at that dream workshop and we talked about it. Perhaps, you yeah. know, the way that we manifest our reality is definitely a very um, yeah. interesting uh, phenomena that we should not take lightly. Mm. And, um, but the idea, like I said, I've had other other dreams that are are similar that are are more disturbing uh, and destructive, but this one is 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 like I've always hated advertisement. I've always had an issue. I think that once I really started cueing, like cluing into um, how advertisement works and how I've noticed over the last decade more and more. There are there are no there are no products anymore. We are the product, mm. right? The we are the largest product being bought and sold mm -hmm. internationally, and um, it's more of a fight for our attention. You know, everything seems to be for our attention now, mm. um, whether it be politics or uh, media or um, just opinions. It's just like. Everything happens and it's like, look at me. Everybody's waving their yeah, hands yeah. around asking you, you know, wanting your attention. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's tiring, right? It's tiring to constantly mm -hmm. be distracted all the time. And Absolutely, yeah. Right? It's also the question why people doing this, you know, because they are not able to give themselves attention. So they need the energy from other people or as you said, you know, just selling shit. Yeah, well, I've had this theory. I've mentioned a couple shows in the past, and I've been working on it more and more in my in my mind, and um, I've been writing it down as well in different fa in formats. And um, the idea is that when we collectively, as people, manifest something, whether it be a, co a company or a, a concept, a philosophy, anything like that, that we actually manifest something. We f manifest an energy, mm -hmm. right? And that energy becomes in and of itself, a, a, a type of life force, right? An entity, so to say. And um, when you look at what we collectively are manifesting today as people, mm -hmm. right? Um, we don't typically have a lot of, uh, um, I guess, like we don't really, are, we're not really aware of how much we participate in every day. You know, mm. and all the different things that are constantly being manifested. Every little step that we take in the society that we live in today contributes to essentially um, multiple facets of 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 entities mm -hmm. that are that are being created by you know whether you want to call them like a, a, an opinion, a political view, um, a, a company. Like it's when when our energy goes somewhere, where does it go? What is yeah, it feeding? Yeah. That's that's kind of the basic idea. It, it's, it sounds quite esoteric in nature, and it and it pretty much is. Um, but it's it's I don't I don't think it should be taken lightly. You know, you feel good when you when you have a good interaction with someone. Yeah, the energy yeah, yeah, yeah. has been has been uplifted. Yeah. Right. Uh, you feel at the same time when you can tell when you've been around someone who just sucked your energy dry. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so the energy went somewhere. Mm. If this energy can be um, 
you know, monitored on the electromagnetic spectrum? I don't know. Uh, I've, I've, I'm always kind of more of the opinion that it's not something that could be, uh, that it's mm. not on the electromagnetic spectrum, right? That's something else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's going to also play into, I think, uh, our, our, um, you know, our discussion of resilience mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the, in, in the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me go into what I found, what, I, what, what I can, I really can't believe this is actually a thing. <laughs> yeah. So here we have it. This is at thinkmarketingmagazine.com. Space advertisement, f- space advertising. Get ready to see billboards in space. And so the reason why I dubbed this episode Russian billboards in space is because right now it seems like the biggest company at the forefront is uh, a Russian company. And mm-hmm. uh, they are called Star Rocket or something like that. Yeah, Star Rocket. And um, it's fascinating because in, the, I think it was 19, yeah, it says right here in 1993, um, the U.S. outlawed space-based advertisement. But the funny thing is, is that like the way the Russians look at it, they said, no such ban took place in <laughs> Russia. Fuck off. Right? It, it, so it's just, it's just one of these things where, okay, uh, there, there have been actual United Nations and um, many countries have actually said, no, we can't do that type of advertisement mm-hmm. in space. We're talking about billboards, you know, pixel-based billboards um, in space. We're, we can't do that type of advertisement in space because of uh, there are too many risks. Mm-hmm. And now more and more and more, they're trying to say, no, no, there are no risks, just lots of money. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just possibilities. You know, this is a new frontier, right? They're calling it. So let me read a couple um, kind of outtakes of this. And I, there are there are other um, websites that we can go into detail about. And what they wrote down is this. They, they really try to make you feel like, you know, this is the future. This is, <laughs> this is good. This is oh, good what God. we're doing, you know? Um, imagine this. You've just enjoyed a weekend in the balcony. They say in the balcony, on the balcony. So they already don't really have very good, uh, <laughs> really good PR as far as making sentences to be able to communicate this crap to people. Uh, enjoying your weekend in the balcony with a cup of tea to gaze deeply into the infinite abyss of space. Then, out of the corner of your eye, you see bright white advert flying. You see bright white advert. This must be translated from Russian. You see bright white advert. (laughs) (laughs) Flying in the sky spelling KFC. (laughs) Have a look at our irresistible offers. A few minutes later, it disappears. And then then it says, that's the idea behind orbital display, they're calling it. Okay. Um, A Russian startup effort brings billboard advertisements to low earth orbit using grid tissue box size satellites called CubeSats. Now, and this is one of these funny things, you know, because when we start talking about, and I'll show you guys later, all the ways that they told us we're not going to pollute space and how many fuck, how many CubeSats have been launched in order to, to do what? To irradiate people from the top down to give us mm. better internet? Mm. It's it, like... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm just behind the times, and I still find it very difficult to understand how we as a civilization are completely okay with just bombarding everybody with EMF. Yeah. Uh, every, any and, and it's like as soon as one part of the spectrum is full, we just move on to the next part until everything is constantly blasted with every part of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. And 
so it's, it's a really interesting thing because, you know, when I first heard that um, Starlink was going to happen, I thought to myself, there has to be somebody, there has to be something out there going against this. And I haven't heard it. And, that, and, that's, and that's really scary to me because uh, what now you guys are seeing the Russian version of this. Recently, um, obviously, Mr. Elon Musk is jumping on the ball and has joined with a Canadian company, which I'll get to in a minute. And they want to do this now, too. Mm, so the same... The same idea, the same concepts, exactly. And Same and, technique also. Well, very similar, because obviously, you know, mm. um, the, the whole CubeSat and uh, the, the, uh, the Russians, um, they're going to be working directly with Starlink to do mm -hmm. this kind of thing. So it all becomes one big uh, mm. conglomeracy in the end, right? Um and so this is so this is what they're saying. This is how orbital display will work, and it's it's a horrible video. It's I, I'm not even gonna play it. It's it's just them trying to show like how this will solve problems in our life, right? <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, so it says it. the company Star Rocket has proposed using this tech to display knock off a knockoff of the Coca-Cola logo and other brands' emblems, as well as allow governments to flash urgent notifications during emergencies. Aw. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like that's just one more thing we fucking need, is, is the government to tell us shit above our heads all the time. Um, and and, it, and it's funny, because I go into... I, I, there are other pages where it goes into deep detail about how... Um, it's going to be really great because anybody can just, uh, you know, rent space, <laughs> you know, and, oh and you God. can put up any message you want. And yeah, we, we all know today how easy it is to put up any message we want. Mm. Right. And uh, so it's like it's just one of these things where the fools of the world who are already uh, I, it, it's interesting enough. You know, I, I actually kind of think the way it, it might fail just because people don't look up anymore. Yeah, right. They're all just looking at the iPhones. But just to to understand how, so how does that work? They they right. they they shoot it up the sky in a certain constellation, and then okay. Um, I think the best way to, to the best place to start here is mm. uh, I have a, a tab that's CubeSat and their altitude. Um, what is a CubeSat? Now, CubeSat is a small satellite. Uh, they're they're claiming the ones that they're going to be launching are going to be about the size of a shoebox, hmm. um, and they are going to think of it like this: the the shoebox. Actually, I think I have a video of it right here. Is it this one? Yeah, it is this one. All right. So what I'll do is I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk over it and mute it because their music is cack anyway, <laughs> and um, I'm gonna full screen this. And. Here you guys go. This is essentially what it is. You have a rocket launching, and from the top of the rocket come out all of these Christmas boxes, right? Uh, nice and shiny. And they are the size of tissue boxes are a little bit bigger, and they essentially open up, and this huge foil comes out that's supposedly going to be um, 5 by 5 meter, so 25 meter square. And it's going to be high enough in, the, um, in, in, in our orbit. So we're talking that the... In order for this to work from the paper that I've already read and looked into, they're talking closer to 900 kilometers above the surface. So that's actually higher than most CubeSats, mm. right? But I think they're also like, I mean, there's, they also mentioned that it's uh, that this kind of a thing has al already to a degree been tested um, just below 900 kilometers above the, the Earth's surface. And um, 
with a sail of 32 square meters. Actually, I can bring that up right here. So this is uh, before I before we go into, but uh, like that's the that's the basis of it. It's like it's a it's a little box. One of the this satellite that the the rocket that goes up is going to be taking with it. Um, I don't know, hundreds of these little boxes, right? Throw them out into space and then mm. each one goes to where it's supposed to go, like a, like pixels on your computer screen. And then it opens up this huge foil that's each one is going to be five by five square meter. And um, for the first version that they want to launch, the way I guess it's going to work is they're just going to tilt some of them a certain way so that the light hits the earth and the other ones they'll just offset so that the light doesn't hit the earth mm -hmm. so it looks like you're looking at a like a like an led monitor essentially mm -hmm. in the sky mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they they have ambitions to um have it working so well that you'll be able to have videos even on it in the sky like like really? yeah like actually rolling images and so on and so forth well, so it's not just hmm. going to be like like a, you know a, a stop motion they actually really want to do something um but then i mean how long kind of does it last so it will actually well, end up it, as it, waste or it, it, i mean it, 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 it could last indefinite that's the well. idea is is that uh, um so what i'm going to do here is i have um i'll show you guys exactly what i mean I have uh, the Wikipedia site I wanted to just go through uh, quickly and then we'll go right into that because I have that lined up right here. Um, on the Wikipedia site, it talks about space advertisement and the history behind it, mm -hmm. about the attempts, the successes, the fails, the regulations, um, and so on and so forth. So this is just a wiki page that uh, goes over the basists and it's funny because I mean like most of the stuff I've been reading on the other tabs and in the other papers um, – they were they were quoting essentially the same stuff, so mm -hmm. it just seems like this is what it is. And typically, uh, what they're saying here is that the big one in the U.S. was in 1993. I can't re remember what company it was, but um, uh, it says right here, Space Marketing Incorporated proposed launching a billboard in space was ultimately blocked by House of Representatives, members passing legislation to prevent the issue of launch license for the purpose of putting advertisement in space. And one of the big reasons why they did that was because you have um, regulations as far as, um, here it says right here, um, space debris, right? That's like one of the biggest issues that they, they're talking about. They're saying we already have enough space problems in space because of uh, specifically a couple of our satellites that have already been hit and now have launched like thousands of little micro pieces into the uh, atmosphere that are circulating all the time and uh, we have to keep an eye on it so that it doesn't destroy anything else that's up there and so on and so forth. Um, so successful attempts of space advertisement up until now space advertisements have been kind of like this guy you know he's floating in the space station with a coca-cola can um, or you know putting a putting something outside of the ISS while other people are watching like stupid things like that and nothing has ever been as crass as what they're talking about now and it's funny because one of the big things they I, I even saw um, was the concern that that like the internet has been so polite to us that now we have the ability to opt out of advertisement okay. yeah right most internet sites will just 
like 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 can you do that can you go onto youtube and say no i want to opt out of all the advertisement right what does that mean opt out to to say um i don't want to look oh, at it okay mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they're saying that because people can't opt out of the advertisement and the type of advertisement in space mm. um it, it's uh, it's not going to be legally allowed to be done and that they're also saying that there are issues with the different countries mm. who yeah, yeah. um like think of it like this today i know this as a musician it's 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 a pain in the ass to put your music out specifically if you want to do a cover song if you want to do a cover song you have to get the royalties and uh the the rights to be not the royalties uh, you have to get the the rights to be yeah, able yeah. to do it in every single country well, because okay. the performance rights and the different organizations and so on and so forth are responsible for monitoring this stuff are, are different really mm -hmm. you know um and so this is one of those things where it's the same reason when you go on Amazon and or you go on Netflix, they have they have different um, episodes and mm -hmm. different movies in every country running in circ in circulation, right? Because you, they they can't just put the same one out everywhere. It's just yeah. too, too too it's too difficult with the um, copyrights and all that stuff. And so they're saying that that might become an issue and all that. Um, so we have the criticism here, the pollution. Um, so on and so forth. So that's like really, as far as, it, it, like the more I read this, the more I think that if there's enough money poured into it and it can support the government and any type of future ability to, let's say, lock down the planet again, hmm, um, you know, things like this might come into handy to be able to give people the ability to all be on the same page, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, now, what I have here is uh, the paper. So what I did was is I found a couple of the uh, websites talking about the ability to create space billboards. And so what I did is I went out and I actually looked for the, the school who, and the scientists who were responsible for this in the background. And um, the school that's responsible for this, I found this paper on uh, mdpi.com and uh, it was written by a Shamil... I don't know. Bitkimirov. Uh, I can't spell it. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, the Space Center, the Skolokovo Institute of Science and Technology in Moscow, Russia, um, and so on and so forth. And the owner of the company uh, who, who is now interested in doing this, his name is... It'll come to me. I wrote it down somewhere anyway. I'll come back to it in a minute. Um... And so what this is, this paper uh, at nmdpi.com is going over really in, 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 a, in a scientific language exactly how it's going to be done with orbit, um, how much ground surface they'll be able to cover, how big the foils have to be, how much sunlight they'll be able to capture and be able to, to transmit, what type of materials they'll have to use, mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. So they really did a very thorough job in going through all the different requirements in order to make this a reality. Mm -hmm. And it says right here um, in point 11 that um, the largest solar sail size that has that have been successfully deployed and utilized on board a CubeSat is 32 square meters. A flat reflector of that size produces a 54.6 square kilometer spot on Earth, considering the 900 kilometer orbit altitude. 
Um, and that's so that's interesting. That means that like with uh, with a sail that's like between five or uh, or six by six uh, square meter, so five by five or, or six by six, like somewhere in the middle there, they'll be able to. If you're on Earth um, for fifty square kilometers, you'll see that it'll be reflecting mm-hmm. down at you, right? Um, and so that gives you kind of, kind of a perspective, and that's just one sail. Right, that's just one of them. But like, if you want to catch the whole picture of whatever it is that they're trying to sell you, then um, it's going to be visible within a, a fifty square kilometer radius. Um, so say it's the science paper for now. Um, they're talking about the way that you can um, maximize point of interests, um, the way that you can move with the Earth at night, hit the ang- like certain angles and so on and so forth to be able to have it more in the horizon. It's it's really really crazy to think that a lot of people think this is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said here, the cubesats that we typically use right now. Um, are anywhere between 260 or 420. So it's about 420 kilometers. Um, so this, these are going to be really high up there. And the CubeSats that we're using right now, specifically the ones designed by Starlink, are there for transmitting the internet to everybody who wants it directly to their phone. Um, now, the next little part of this, and then I want to kind of stop Go. I want to stop lo- looking at the details of this because it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. I think like, uh, anyway. So it says here, Elon Musk has come under fire from the scientific community after it has been emerged uh, that the company wants SpaceX to launch a satellite broadcasting billboard ad from space. And then it says here, the South African billionaire who does not shy away from controversy has a lot uh, going on right now. SpaceX is busy assembling, blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Where was that point? Right here. Um, A new report has now received SpaceX has now uh, revealed SpaceX is partnering with a Canadian startup to launch the world's first space-based ad satellite. According to Samuel Reed, CEO and co-founder of Geometric Energy Corporation, GEC, the company will pay SpaceX to launch an advertisement satellite into low Earth orbit. And so on and so forth. And then it says down here, just like in my nightmarish dream, maybe Coca-Cola and Pepsi will fight over their logo and reclaim over each other. So... Here are some other websites going on about it. This one's called designboom.com, talking about how awesome it's going to be. Um, You know, estimating the costs of the mission, talking about um, approximately 2 million USD. Um, So the advertising can reach approximately 200 uh, million USD. So space advertisers are looking at a tentative 65 million USD estimate for the entire space billboard cost. So on and so forth. This website here, spacebillboard.com. This is actually spacebillboard.com. It's another Russian startup that I believe is working in tandem with... um, with the main Russian players who want to make this into a reality, who are now designing exactly how the CubeSats are going to operate and deploy. 
freethink.com. How do they like come up? Like you'd think that freethink shouldn't be a stupid site. Anyway, um, space advertising based on 50 or more small satellites flying in formation could be economically viable. So saith the freethink. It would cost 65 million to deploy an ad made by 50 satellites, according to the study. Astronomy is facing a... <laughs> A watershed moment of increasing interference with observation and loss of science. Now, this is another interesting part. Is the, there are actually quite a few, um, um, what would you call them, uh, um, research facilities, uh, specifically uh, with large telescopes, um, observation stations, that are complaining, saying that uh, light pollution is becoming so much, it's increasing every year. And now we want to start actually just reflecting light from uh, the satellites themselves mm. uh, onto Earth. So it's going to be a shit thing for astronomy and astronomers all over the place. There's uh, another thing that I have recently found as well that that referred to um, how the Chinese actually wanted to um, build a, lar a, a bunch of space mirrors in order to reflect solar light onto the cities in order to save on uh, street lamp costs, mm -hmm. right? To be able to illuminate mm. the cities better at nighttime so that they can work 24 hours a day, probably. <laughs> I was also just thinking the $65 million could just be used for, you know, buying rainforest to people <laughs> are not able to touch anymore. Just, you know, just to let it be your safe, thing, yeah? safe environment with that money and not putting more shit into the sky. Well, and this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of the episode. Um, if you can, if you could create your environment, what would you invite in, and what would you keep out? Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I see these pictures of just nightmarish advertisements in the sky, this is something I'd want to keep out. Like it's yeah. so high up, you can't even shoot them down. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's nothing you can do at this point as mm -hmm. as as a, as a regular citizen, except for create video casts and complain about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But hopefully, people become become wise about this stuff, and uh, and just say no, we're not having it. Like it's it's absolutely insanity. It's insanity, right? Like when you really start to look at this, uh, display a knockoff Coca Cola logo again. Um, Anyway, I think I'm uh, I think I'm pretty much done with these uh, pop-ups. I want to change the topic a little bit and talk about uh, resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about let's talk about something uh, that maybe we could take into context and put into reality now. So, the nightmare that I had of the Coca-Cola constellation might actually happen. Yeah, it looks like it. I grew up in a city where the freeways were littered with advertisement that they had taken the entire boulevard beside the the freeway and landscaped it mm -hmm. into adverts mm -hmm. right um i think that american tv is one of the most obnoxious forms of media i've ever witnessed in my life um and when i was younger a friend of mine she got me on to the idea of whenever the commercials come on just grab her remote and mute Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that was something that, uh, that you know, when you start doing that, you know, every time the commercial comes on, mute the little sucker. Mm. And it it, it, it really, it, it's funny because when you start, when you go to someone else's house who just lets them run, 
it's 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 hard. Like I can't sit through them. They're, yeah. they're so obnoxious, right? If I'm in a waiting room at a dentist office and they think I want to watch that crap, it's awful. <laughs> like I'll yeah. get up and I'll turn the TV off and wait for other people to complain because there's no reason why I need to be sitting there yeah. and be uh, exposed to this type of crap. It's true. So let's talk about the electromagnetic spectrum. Let's talk about what are we exposed to? You know, we're talking about um, light is mm-hmm. a tiny little part mm-hmm. of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Yep. Um, outside of light, you have, you know, obviously the infrared, you have the ultraviolet, you yep. have microwave, you have radio frequency, yep. you have all of these different types, uh, you know, then, then all the way into x-rays and so on and so forth, right? Um, and it seems to me, you know, I know this in my industry, you know, Maddie and I right now, we're using my wireless RF microphones, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like, I, it's, actually, it's actually something that I didn't really want to do, uh, but they're kind of... Um, they're they're lying around and available. We didn't have two of the same mic other than these two. Yeah. Uh, so my company had them kicking around. So I figured I'll use them until we get uh, enough uh, funding to <laughs> to uh, to plug <laughs> in a couple uh, good wired mics that we can keep in front of us the whole time. Until then, this will have to do. But I've always been very, very, very concerned about the amount of um, electromagnetic garbage. Yeah. You know, dirty electricity. Oh, like that's that's to me, it's one of the worst things. I think when you're you're living somewhere and you're relaxing and you're just constantly exposed by dirty AC electricity revolving around you, you know? Mm. Um, and this is a big reason why I, I, I love killing the power at the source before mm-hmm. I go to sleep and and as much as I can throughout the day where I don't need it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, insight as mm-hmm. to what is an environment? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what does it mean to be resilient? Because obviously we now as a species, we're constantly exposed to this stuff en masse to the point where we don't even realize it hurts anymore. You know, I know what it's like to go camping for two weeks, for a month, for a month and a half. And when you come back, everything hurts. Yeah, everything yeah. hurts. You, you you become so sensitive to the light. You become sensitive to the sounds. Um, you become sensitive to everything. It's just everything feels uncomfortable. And mm. I, I, this is something I could only encourage anybody to do is is really go out into the bush for you know at least a few weeks, <laughs> right? Yeah. And when you come back, you'll realize that things. This is not. This is not okay. You yeah, know, the yeah. world that we live in is it's not okay with uh, with the amount of of um, electromagnetic soup that we have to swim through you know it's it's it, i don't think it's okay at all i don't i never accepted you know i stopped taking the train it's a funny thing it sounds crazy i mean some people might hear this and think it's absolutely mental but i stopped taking public transit because mm-hmm. a, as soon as everybody had transponders on them mm-hmm. right every cell phone's a transponder now mm. right yeah and I, I just remembered like uh, around 2013 is when I made the switch and I got and I got a car and I said, fuck it, no more. I just, I'm not doing it because that's when it really kicked up over here. People back then in 2013 were still saying in the next couple of years, every father and every man, woman and child is going to have a cell phone. And, and at that time, people were like, yeah, I don't know about that. Mm. But it came really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. All the refugees came into Europe and they were given cell phones because cell phones were deemed to be an essential service mm-hmm. that uh, that now it can be given to you. Right. It's important. It's yeah, important. so f- yeah, let's maybe start with the environment. I mean, basically it's just, uh, there's the English word habitat. We also have that in German, mm-hmm. but we also have Lebensraum, which kind of means living room. Yeah. <laughs> living like, it, yeah. Living yeah, space, environment, maybe. living space. And that's basically how... Well, 
the word I like to use because it says w what it is about. It's a space for for you to live and everything else mm -hmm. to live, which means it's the air around you, it's the soil and the water. So all the stuff that we would say are not living. That's but that's actually a biological expression which I'm not sharing because I think everything is living, although the things that we think are not, <laughs> just like you know, stones. And but this is kind of your environment, everything except the living organisms in it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the rest is is that there you can find food, you can find shelter, everything you need is in your environment. You interact with other organisms. Yeah. And so the combination of the living and the non-living and all the interactions among them is forming the ecosystem so as a as a big part and then you have of course smaller sections in it like little habitats where you have within a lake maybe you have you know the 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 soil on the lake that that might be a different habitat than the 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 shore area something like that so and with the resilient is quite interesting because that's a word I think that has been really become really popular in the last couple of years. That was also wished by my publisher. They wanted me to name the book something with resilience, <laughs> like the resilience of plants and animals. Yeah, they wanted you to remove the word stress and replace yeah. it with resilience because stress yeah. had a negative had, overtone. Which was funny because that was actually what the, the book was about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like that. That, that, that they're not interchangeable. <laughs> But I said we can't we can't use the word resilience because if you look at if you look at the entomology of that word entomology yeah. entomology <laughs> in in biology it's not that single individuals like plants and animals become resilient but more like a whole ecosystem and that word has been also used a couple of times in different ways that's it's a little bit like stress you know it has different meanings and depends who you ask. So I picked the definition that I like the most and that is really looking from looking on it from the perspective of an ecosystem. And so there is kind of the father of resilience called um, Mr. Holling, and he came up with the idea of the ecological um, and the technical resilience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you talk about it to a psychologist, he would say someone is resilient who is able to um, withstand, you know, stress factors. Who's able to, um, to to if something happened to to him or her, that you know they're able to get back into their life and okay. just being just being resistant, kind right. of. And the word resilience itself is, has its origin in, in physics. It's it also means like if you have a mechanical um feather no i did say that like oh uh like a like a leaf spring for example yeah like, like, a, a, like spring? a steel yes, uh, spring right leaf spring if you put pressure on that spring and it kind of jumps back into its original state then it's also resilient <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because the word stress comes also from the the physics science and stress means the force that you actually put onto the the spring so or you can see that there is a relationship between stress and resilience. Mm -hmm. So, but if you look at the biological point of view of it, then um, Mr. Halling, he was a biologi biologist. He had two ideas. He said, well, you either have the technical resilience mm -hmm. and you have the ecological resilience. And the, the technical resilience basically assumes that an ecosystem has one equilibrium, one 
point where it's in in balance. Mm -hmm. And if there are stress factors coming, like you know heat or uh, flood, mm -hmm. then the whole the whole ecosystem is kind of the the the, the equilibrium starts to move, and it's 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 not really stable anymore. Yeah. So and the resilience, basically the time needed for that ecosystem to come back to that state. Mm -hmm. So that's one one way to look at it. So after it's been disrupted. Yes, yeah. um, and also resilience is also a measurement for how far the ecosystem has been pushed out of this uh, of the balance. Mm -hmm. So I like to think about it as you know, if you have a clock, and there are so many different parts in that clock that. It's all these parts have to, to work in a certain way together in order for the clock to show the right time. Mm -hmm. And the resilience, it means like if you change something in that clock, how long will that take for the clock to be able to repair it and to be able to show the right time again? Okay. So that is one idea. And it might work for little disturbances, like, you know, maybe one species is extinct in, in an ecosystem and mm -hmm. so you, it's kind of thrown off the balance and it takes a little bit for the ecosystem for the to come. the other species to fix, to fill to the fix, hole. Yeah, yeah, to fill the hole and to fix it. So, but what about like big, big things, as I just said, fires that go through the whole thing and, you know, disturbing the whole system in a very mm -hmm. severe way will then still fall back into the original state. And so that's where the ecological resilience comes um, into play. And Mr. Holding, he said, well, it's isn't it more likely that an ecosystem has more than only one um, stable state, more equilibrium? So he assumes that, yeah, there are different states and resilience means how much an ecosystem can actually absorb of disturbance until it moves into a different equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And yeah, now we can actually have a look at that little drawing I made <laughs> for my book because it shows you that um, there's, there's a nice analogy that people, are eco um, ecologists like to use mm -hmm. when they talk about resilience. And you can see that here for all the people here who hear the podcast is it's basically that you you think of a ball being the ecosystem and that ball is within a valley. Mm -hmm. And the deeper the valley, the harder is it to, you know, if you as a as a as a stress factor from from outside try to push the ball out its of its valley, you need a lot of work and a lot of energy to put yeah. onto that ball in, in order to roll it up all the way up to the hill and get it out of its equilibrium. So that's these are ecosystems who are very, very stable, who have um, a high biodiversity, like a lot of different species. So just to, just to re-explain that a little yeah. bit, because I think it's a bit, it's a bit hard okay. to kind of imagine. <laughs> um, if you guys think of uh, um, a hill going down mm. on like a 45 degree angle mm -hmm. and then um halfway down the hill you you dig a large trench like a large hole yeah and you try to then um push a a large ball or like a boulder or even a you know whatever a football it doesn't matter a soccer mm. ball um uh, down the hill and then it gets stuck in the trench. Mm -hmm. The amount of it, so uh, what she's saying is is that if this trench was really deep, like um, 10 times larger than the ball itself, yeah. in order to 
get that ball out of the trench, it's going to take a lot of energy. But yeah. once you get it out, it'll start rolling downhill again and it'll go somewhere else. Yeah, it will find another equilibrium somewhere else. Exactly. It'll find another trench to get stuck in. And, and yeah. that's what she's saying. Um, because if you guys see it in the video cast format, the video cast format does a good job illustrating that. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, really stable ecosystems are essentially just like, like I said, imagine a, a large hill. And in the middle of a hill, you have a huge gully, a ditch or whatever you want to mm -hmm. imagine. And um, there's a big boulder or a ball at the bottom of it. And yep. so stable ecosystems are like just a rock at the bottom of this big yep. hole that yeah, cannot yeah. easily be taken out. But once it has been pushed up and out of that hole, mm. getting it back in that hole is going to be more difficult in many in, in, in yeah. some cases. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of reversing what we may consider to be damage might not actually be possible and it might actually require more energy than we originally put in to create the damage because entropy cannot be undone. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. I just want to go to the other uh, picture. Mm -hmm. So as I said, these kind of ecosystems are very or are considered to be very resilient because it takes a lot of stress for them to really change their equilibrium. And these ecosystems are ecosystems where there are a lot of resources, mm -hmm. there are a lot of interactions bet uh, between different species. So you have like a couple so-called, like I would call um, security systems built in, right? Mm -hmm. if, if one interaction between a predator and a prey is kind of falling apart, then maybe there are other preys, there are other predators that can right. jump in. So it's a very stable system. And on the right-hand side, you see actually kind of the opposite. That's um, a not-so-resilient ecosystem where the ball is in a valley that is very shallow. Is, would you say it yeah. like that? Yeah. So, so the, sa the same uh, analogy. Yeah, like it's the same analogy. When I hear valley, I think of a much larger uh, oh, okay. valley. It's a little... Uh, yeah, but like, I, think the, I, think the, I think the idea of a... Of a trench uh, oh, okay. in, on on a on a hill paints a good picture. Yeah, the deeper the trench and yeah. the ball gets stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. So if you think of a trench that's not as deep, um, obviously the ball's in there. It's nice and comfy, but it doesn't take a lot. It could take yeah, a gust of wind to just kind of throw yeah, it out. Absolutely, it doesn't take a lot for the ball to to get rolling. <laughs> yeah, and the ball is the representative yeah. stability of the ecosystem. Absolutely. So yeah, but you know, this is just an analogy. It's a very easy. It's just it's just a model, and of course, it's not like that in nature. You know, there are so many different states. Even if the ball starts rolling, it's not mm -hmm. that it will just go into the next equilibrium. You have like a thousand, a million different steps in between, right. where the ecosystem might will change, like the composition of the species will change, and it's it's not something that is just fixed. And, you know, you see the ball rolling and then you wait and all of a sudden within a couple of years, it's a different ecosystem, but it's a very gradual um, change. And that makes it so hard for mm. people who want to restore the resilience of an ecosystem. And that's the point. Like, as you said, you know, um, these 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 ecosystems can change. And then we realize, wait a minute, something is wrong here. You know, we realize, oh... Um, like uh, wetlands, they're not wet anymore and all of a right. sudden all the species are gone. And the very, very interesting example are the um, the, um, the Everglades in Florida. Mm -hmm. So that is a system, an ecosystem that has been has been established. It, it took like over 5,000 years for the whole system to, mm -hmm. to come into existence or it started 5,000 years ago and it's a it's a beautiful composition of different species and it's a very 
very um, diverse ecosystem where you have different plants and, and animals that are linked to each other. And so once once the, that area started to become more interested interesting for agriculture, the farmers, you know, they, they took water from the yeah, system yeah. and then they started also putting back their wastewater into the, the rivers. And so little time by time, time over time, they put more and more nutrition into the water, like um, phosphate and nitrates mm -hmm. and all that. And so they, they saw that there was a change in that ecosystem happening. There were different species now um, there arising, yeah. arising. So there was like... Um, a certain kind of grass that hasn't been there before, but it was very thick and it was all over the place. Because of the, 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 the different water content in the yeah, soil so, yeah, or um, the mineral content yeah, too. Yeah, that grass yeah. really likes a lot of um, phosphate and it needs a lot uh, yeah. of nutrition in the, so in the soil and also in the water. And over time, and that's how it usually works. Like there you wonder are, how does, uh, did, hmm? did someone plant it there or did it just kind of like... It started growing because the, but where, the where did the seeds come from? That's what's interesting. I mean, what, did some bird carry it from somewhere else? Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> huh. that that that's something, yeah, a good question. But usually, yeah, for example, birds yeah. like come like that. Or it's also a very touristic area. Probably people just came with, you know, stuff on their shoes or whatever. But that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. And so that 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 resilience of this ecosystem obviously was at one point it couldn't it couldn't stand anymore because now you can really see how the the species had has been changed in in the in that area. You have areas where there's only one plant species available mm -hmm. and then other areas where it was was just as it was before in an original state. And so you see different equilibrium in different mm -hmm. states in, in, in that ecosystem. And there is an effort to bring back the original state of the Everglades. I think it's like over 50 million, billion dollars. I have to look it up again. Million, billion dollars. It's like... <laughs> billion, billion. It's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money putting into it in order to get this original state back. But as, we, as you just said in the beginning... There well, was a reason, said. yeah, but you also said that <laughs> there was a reason for the ecosystem to change its state because under the certain certain conditions, it was not stable anymore. Yeah, and now we are, you know, going there with our little uh, ideas to bring it back into the way it was under the same conditions. If we're not changing the conditions on the long run, it won't work. And mm -hmm. it's so complex. It's so hard to calculate that it's, I would say, impossible to really calculate how much money and time you need in order to uh, restore well, an ecosystem. The, 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 the big thing that catches my yeah. my attention here is um, this, you've said this before, that uh, everything is in constant flux. Yeah. And we as, um, as animals, as life, as entities, it's, uh, it's our job to to see how things are in flux and how they're changing uh, so that we can change with it and keep up with it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing certain other than everything is in constant change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, it's also, you know, we look at these ecosystems like wetlands or forests or marshlands and then realize, oh, wait a minute, what's happening to all these species? You know, where are they? Where are they? And then we start freaking out because we realize that these ecosystems that we have now that have adapted to this, um, you know, to all these stress factors happening to them, they are maybe not so productive anymore. They mm -hmm. not be able to sustain our, um, yeah, our, our life uh, 
support like our water where's our water mm -hmm. coming from our fresh air and all that and that's why we freak out and think okay we have to restore them with um yeah trying it but but in many cases it's too late as you said you know once the system the it's too much entropy you can't take it back yeah it's like well, pouring the, milk into coffee and trying to get the milk out of yeah. it again <laughs> it's not working yeah the classic example uh, the, yeah. the, the way i see it though is that actually when things change other things are born Right. Well, and that's another thing. What what we can do instead of bringing it back, you can just lead the system to a new equilibrium where you would like to have it. That 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 is yeah exactly. Well, this is now you talking about us being ecosystem yeah. engineers last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That we have a tendency to do that, and we tend mm. to always see too late when something um, that we're responsible for. Yeah. When I say we, I mean usually big companies doing stupid things. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, stupid points. Uh, you know. Irresponsible yeah. ways of farming, you know, throwing shit up into space, yeah. thinking that everything's going to be fine. There's a, a nice example. Like also just, I just put, put that in my book because it just happened in the summer. So almost I was closing the whole chapters of mm. the resilient part. I read about this. We actually read it together. That was the river Oda. And so it's a river yeah. um, coming from Poland and then into Germany. And all of a sudden in the summer, People were like crazy because they they saw like I don't know how how many fish just came up to the surface and also other animals like beavers and 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 snails and I don't know all this stuff they were all dead and so it it must have been horrible to look at this you know they were just like a and um, how do you say that <laughs> um. Massensterben. Yeah, just a, a, a mass... Uh, a ma mass extinction well, it wasn't kind extinction, of... Well, no, yeah, like, extinction, but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it, was, it, was, a, uh, it was a holocaust. I yeah, mean, it was like... An, the, it was uh, awful. All, all the, the, how many tons of fish uh, they said were were dead? I can't remember. I'd have to look it was at a, the it numbers was again. It was a lot. lot. We just saw the pictures and yeah. it was like heaps and heaps of, of dead animals. And so what happened was they, they said it has been... Uh, was too much salt into the water in the water so it were kind of industrial waste where they put salt water into the system and because of that there was a specific algae that was able to spread rapidly which was then very toxic to all mm. the other living organisms but as i said you know these it's it's like uh, it's always a combination of different stress factors and specifically with that river for many, many years, they're already kind of were working on that river. You know, they were kind of um, making it more straight. And there was also like um, a dam, different yeah. dams where they they had changing water levels and also putting a lot of industrial waste. Yeah, I guess the fish and also can't go from, the, from point A to point B as easily. Yeah, yeah. also, you know, from, from the agricultural waste was all going into that river. And mm. probably that salt water was just the last drip and drop and well, so that we we saw oh all of a sudden there was like that tipping point reached and the whole ecosystem just flipped yeah 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 well it's one of these things like i've said you know the irresponsibility that we tend to always realize when it's too late yeah and then we think that the, that we can you know put things back you know yeah it's, yeah it's you know once you've killed something you can't bring it back to life yeah. And that's and that's the idea is that now what does this mean for us this theory mm -hmm. of resilience that uh, you're putting forth shows me that we as a as as people even as individuals because I like to think that the real solutions to pretty much all of our problems it's it's it it's um it's with the individual mm -hmm. you know I don't think that there is such thing as um 
everybody coming together and uh, the solution being presented and all we have to do is rejoice on the right solution. This is, uh, this. I mean, nothing in history has ever shown us that that does anything other than chaos, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Getting a bunch of people to rally up on an idea, right? I think that if we connect, as we say over and over in our episodes, if we connect to reality on, mm -hmm. a, on a more profound level by respecting ourselves, first off, yeah. by looking at ourselves and, and wanting to work on ourselves and wanting to create a, a, a solid, healthy connection to reality, um, the, the rest tends to follow. But what, what I really mean is, is that resilience, you know, let's just say mm -hmm. we live in this world of, of electromagnetic soup now. Mm -hmm. um, we are taking on damage. Right, yeah. uh, we yeah, now yeah, live yeah. in a world where one out of two people will get cancer. You can also see it as a as an ecosystem with a tipping point. You know, see Absolutely. how how much we can take before we kind of all die from it, or we all become yeah. sick from it. And you can already see it. I mean, you know, it's like I I believe that all this unnatural technology that we're using in in such an intense way it has absolutely an impact on our. Um, life, as you see, you know, we are made of water mm -hmm. um, a lot, and these frequencies have a lot of input on our cells, on our um, compositions in our body. So I also, I, I, you know, it's not that I made a study about this or anything like that, but just from my logical mind and, and mm -hmm. also my gut feeling, I, I absolutely would see that, you know, it's much healthier for us living somewhere on the land where it is no such things as these huge um, mobile towers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, so the province of Brandenburg, where we live now, I remember in 2018 reading an article on their website about how they had this initiative to be more first world. I think that this is something with the East Germans, they kind of shame themselves for being East German uh, and not being exposed to Western technology and commercialism as early as the rest of the Western mm. uh, countries in Europe. And uh, so then they came out with this idea that they're gonna erect 20,000 cell towers within a couple of years. Mm. And I'll tell you, I felt it when they turned them on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and and it was it was crazy. I mean, it required so much lobbying. They had to destroy all the highways, um, come mm. up with whatever reason to be able to say that we're going to be, you know, taking apart all the roads and the highways so we can lay new cables and um, bring the cables into the forests because anywhere mm. there's a big hill, anywhere there's a building, they started putting these towers and uh, these uh, repeaters. Um, yeah, all over the place, and 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 it was just, and it's crazy. I just I remembered it was it was really 2020 was when they really all started turning on. You know, mm. um, the demand obviously at that moment became also very clear. So, uh, like I said, <laughs> as far as um, you know, from the point of view of a, of of I guess you know from from you as a biologist, going back to what is real is more. Is 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 the more t tried and tested um, mm -hmm. truth of of life is that trying to constantly I think invent something that never has been done and doesn't exist in order <laughs> to save everybody mm. is foolish. I yeah. think that not everybody can be saved, and that's okay. I think that we are all going to die eventually, and that's okay too. Yeah. And to constantly live in this illusion that everybody has to live in a safe space, and this safe space is just actually really destroying us, mm. um, is is also a uh, double think. It's 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 a political pollution. 
Yeah, I saw also my, you know, the the conclusion I drew from that whole chapter about the resilience was that I think we can we can contribute to the resilience of our environment by by just living a life where we are happy and where we are healthy because of that. So just really following our intuition and and doing the things that we like makes us happy and then so we are really contributing to the resilience of our environment and our mm. society because if everyone you know lives the life that they really want well guess what then they're all yeah. much much more energy into the whole system well i can't help but wonder you know how how stressful is it really you know for us to go back because now you and i we've been talking about doing this and wanting to do this for many years and we're going you know, you know, more and more with every month, more into that direction of mm. uh, becoming more self-sovereign and reliant on, yeah. on 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 our own, right? But at the same time, we're still very reliant on on the farmers around us, and uh, you know, though we don't go to the grocery store as much as we used to. Um, we still go to the farmers because we don't have a big enough property to grow yeah. as much as we want, and we don't have a, you know the knowledge. I think this is something that's uh, you know something I'm I'm working on right now to get more knowledge to be able to actually create more food for us um, yeah, yeah. locally where we are living. Um, but it is a lot of stress in the sense that I I can't I can't for the life of me do another forty hour work work in my life. Like I mean for mm. something that I don't want to do. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's, this is also natural. I think this is a good thing because your body really shows you what you should do and what you shouldn't because it, it you know it, it you become sick by mm. doing things that you don't want. Well, and this is my point is when we go back to your picture of the oops the trenches. The oops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have the wrong page opened up. I got to go over to it. That's the. Uh, you have too many. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, there we go. To my artwork. Exactly. My to incredible her artwork. artwork. <laughs> exactly. Of these two hills with the with the trenches in them. Um, we didn't. We didn't learn this generation mm. how to do things. It, it yeah. was. It was not in school. Maybe um, our parents are too busy to teach us. And I know that mm. the generation who is now even younger. We're talking about the the kids that are being born right now. I know damn well their parents aren't teaching them shit when it comes mm. to how to garden, how to create their own energy, yeah, how to yeah. be self sufficient, how yeah, to be yeah. reliant. You know, um, been lost uh, lost more and more. But I also do see that you know it's coming back. People are really longing for that relationship yeah. to nature. They they want to learn how to grow their own vegetables. They want to learn more about plants and wilderness and all that. So I think it's coming back because it makes us sick not to to be you in, see it in, absolutely in connection with nature. Well, as as I've said, you know, um, I remember when I was younger in the '90s, them telling us that like one out of every five people get cancer, and now mm. it's one out of every two. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and now they're saying like if you live to be seventy, you're gonna get it. You know, it, it's 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 just one of these things. <laughs> just self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact, and, and this kind of goes back to that idea of the electromagnetic soup that we live in. The visible spectrum is so small, mm. and everything around that, we are just bombarding. Well, definitely not makes it better. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. And and the point is, is that I think that we a lot of people think that's okay because you can't see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we launch a lot of garbage into the space because we can't see it. We assume yeah. that it's more convenient because we can't see it. The satellites mm. are over there. We think that we pull out our phone and, and we're getting internet for free out of the ether. It's not the case. Yeah, it's around you. And you can feel it if you really tap into 
into it, but I think many people are became um, they became numb. They can't feel it anymore. I, it's as I mentioned before. I've had uh, I've had experiences where I've gone places that have, that are, yeah. are are really like there's no signal, there's nothing, and then when I come back, I absolutely feel it. And it's been a while because even uh, when I was in Iceland last time, they they put up more cell towers all over the place. You yeah. go you go anywhere in Scandinavia, there's cell towers everywhere, yeah, it's and it's becoming more and more. And now you have uh, not only a cell tower on every major hill in Europe and every large building, mm. but now you have this Skylink horseshit where they're blasting you downwards from above, mm. right? And then you you see all these idiot smart cars, uh, smart cars, electric cars uh, everywhere plugged into the sidewalk, where do you think that power is coming from? I think people have no idea yeah, yeah. how much amperage is required to quick charge an electric car. And yeah. when you're walking on that sidewalk, that's that's just cancer for your... For, it's just cancer. It's, it's all it is. You know, yeah. if, we, if we had goggles that can actually see the soup that we live in, I, I think the first thing that people want to do is to turn it off. Mm. Just yeah, because we can't way. see it doesn't mean it's not there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's right? true. True. Let's wind this thing down. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said. I knew this episode was going to be a bit bleaker, and uh, it being a Wednesday, <laughs> I know, and the fact that we're in Europe and we're streaming at um, eight p.m. Mm. It uh, it it doesn't it you know it's it's never really great for a live interaction, but at the same time, I think it's good for us to be able to just focus on the topic at hand without the distractions of the questions. Not that the questions are distracting, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the 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 the. the big thing I'm kind of getting at is that yeah it's a, it's a it's a bit bleak and at the same time uh, I think that it's really important to keep in 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 perspective we have technology and the technology doesn't always have to be horrible you know it yeah. it, it like uh, I I I read anti-tech revolution by Ted Kaczynski recently and it, there are a lot of great things he says but at the same time it, you know you kind of walk away from that book thinking um is is our life just an exercise in futility? Mm. You know, should we just should we just pick a nice beach and fish for the rest of our lives and and, and sleep on the you <laughs> yeah, know sleep maybe. in the under the warm sun, right? And when the storm comes, that's the end. You know, we mm. go we go back to the ocean. Um, yeah, I would say you know, like I I I try to not to see it that that bad. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't see that as bad. I just mm. see it as more as it, to me, the exercise in futility is actually thinking that we can m make a difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. in any respect, in yeah, any level. Absolutely. You know, like we can make things worse, we can make things better. But the futility is this is, goes back to the absurdity: is why? I mean, we could have mm. you could have just spent your entire life enjoying life instead of worrying about fighting or changing anything. So it's one of yeah. these hard things where. I don't even know. We talked about this before when we were talking about perhaps starting your own foundation, you know, finding something that you're interested in doing it. And the more <laughs> we thought about it, we thought, you know, if we got all the funding and we found a great issue to to tackle and research and um, bring this data out to mm -hmm. the world, you know, because when you and I learn about something, we're connecting to, to reality and we find mm -hmm. it to be fascinating, just like mm -hmm. with you and your rabbits. But that data is now out there and it means that anybody who wants to corrupt it or use it for corrupt purposes can. Yeah. And that to me is that futility where I almost kind of like every time I discover something, I just kind of want to forget it and, <laughs> and move on, like not tell anybody about it mm. anymore. I just find that it's it's actually almost healthier that way. Um, 
Yeah, to- yeah. I mean, I, as I said in, in other episodes, I really like to live under a rock. You know, <laughs> not really, not really listening to the news. I'm not, re- I'm not u- listening to the news. Um, news, not neither radio nor TV. I always get the things that yeah. are important. You know, on the way. But other than that, I feel like maybe it's too ignorant, and maybe I make it myself too easy. But it really helps me to focus on happiness in my life and if mm. i'm happy i can be more useful for everything around me and yeah, so yeah. no that's true um that's a big truth and it doesn't help me to know all these horrible things happening out there i'm aware of it in uh you know in in some ways but um yeah i don't think it, it helps me to just sit in front of the tv the whole day and it's like oh my god what's going on what's yeah, going on i have to yeah. do something I, i've seen that happen to so many friends of mine who just they 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 amp themselves up by by looking at the same type of content every day yeah, day in yeah, day it, out. Yeah, it takes right? you it takes your life energy out, and then you're mm. not you know you're not having energy at all to yeah. to do something. Yeah. But I think it's important to really find a way where you can ground yourself, where you live in an area that you feel happy and and safe and calm, and then from there you can see what what you can do why you are here what's your life purpose if there's any, any yeah. anything like that <laughs> such a thing like that but yeah i just not trying to engage in all this madness yeah absolutely so uh, for those of you out there who are going to watch this and uh, listen to it to the end yep. there's one last little thing that i wanted to share with everyone and that is uh, when you look at the picture that we have on the video cast mm. um I put up Russian space billboards. What the fuck? That's the title of this episode. I don't know if I made that clear in the beginning. <laughs> I didn't think you and, mentioned the... And the, uh, the, the, the picture that I have is a big WTF in the sky over Moscow um, with a big like cigarette burn in the middle of the sky. And that's actually a real picture that I... I mean, I, I changed the color to it. And um, there's this... I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but I've, seen, I've been seeing pictures of this type of content um for years now and they call them um uh, cloud punches and mm. essentially like just random people are taking pictures all over the planet showing like holes in the clouds mm-hmm. and the idea that i just kind of want to last put out there as far as the the uh, electromagnetic soup that we live in um it's it's becoming to, it's it's getting to the point now where people wanting to pay god wanting to surpass god Mm-hmm. You know, uh, control the weather, control the information, control everything in and around uh, the reality that we experience on this planet mm-hmm. Earth. You know, um, it's getting to the point where I can't help but wonder if um, these hole punches are going to be ended up are going to end up being used for uh, moving the clowns out of the way in order for us to look at the mm. billboards in the night sky. <laughs> you know, just like Beijing was able to move all the clouds out of the way for the Beijing Olympics back in the day. Crazy, right? Huh? Just like they've launched new satellites recently in order to do just that, to be able to mm. manipulate the way that the jet stream pushes humidity and uh, brings clouds to certain places that need more rain. Crazy. It is crazy. So anyway, yeah. let's, let's wind this stuff down. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there and say that after everything we've talked about, it's the only thing that I could take comfort is that it's all this stuff is just like foolish. Mm. It's just foolish. All I see is a bunch of children, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of you know trying to play God and not really accepting real nature and and finding joy in it, but just just want to be 
want to yeah want to play god and then feel yeah. i don't know what's the motivation behind it but maybe just at the end like mm. a little 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 sentence i was reading a book from someone he's a very famous german ethologist and he's also very much into um plant medicine all that and he said he was working as a gardener for many many years and had that moment where you felt like you know it was really sad and then the way humans treat nature and all that and also you know one day the whole world maybe go down because of us and and he was he was talking to the tomato plants at that point <laughs> and he said well you know he just got the message from the tomato plants the the plants were like don't worry human you know we nature has always been there and will yeah. always be and there's nothing to worry about we know how to fix ourselves no matter what you do oh i'm, I'm not actually yeah. i'll tell you personally i'm not worried about no, the planet <laughs> i know that the planet's going to be fine yeah i'm concerned about the rest of my natural life and the and yeah. the natural lives of the people that i care about yeah, who, yeah, absolutely. Who, who, who want to live them out to their natural potential yeah. this is this is what i'm concerned about i'm concerned about um yeah. Living in a society where people are becoming ever more psychotic and having to deal with them. <laughs> like, it <laughs> yeah, sounds but selfish, I also, I also, but that is really my concern right now. No, is I, I dealing get it. with fucking mental cases. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, you know, there is, I would say there is no, um, it's not by chance that we're living in that time in this place that you know maybe we have a we have a task here and it's just to talk about it <laughs> or to just to to bring you know a little bit more normal stuff into the madness i don't know but yeah as you said yeah. i think the, the first thing is to accept what is and then to see what we can do if you want to change it yeah 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 all right all right, let's wrap it down. Let's let's close it for tonight. <laughs> wrap it down. Yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting sentence. <laughs> um, so this has been Russian space boards, space billboards. What the fuck? By smart home stupid people. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed our take on how we look at this stuff. It's uh, it definitely is going to be a very interesting next decade. I, mm. I must definitely say that. And um, go out and find your place. Go out and find the place that you want to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, invest now more than ever into a nice big piece of land that you can grow on and mm. people don't need to look at, you know, won't easily find you. You know, um, I think that now more than ever is the time to really do that. Um, well, you also have a nice night sky, like yeah. dark night sky with and that's real stars. <laughs> I, I, I loved that so much moving to Germany, how I could still see so many stars here because yep. North America it's is true. just horseshit. It's so bad in some of the major country, uh, cities. It's so bad. And um, it's so it's so lovely here to be able to go out and see the Milky Way. And yeah, to true. think that uh, the Coca-Cola constellation is soon approaching. Really, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's just so disrespectful. I can't believe that people... I just think that we have now officially gone you know like with with your with your um with your diagram we're now officially at that point <laughs> the ball is the ball is 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 officially yeah, out yeah, of yeah. the ditch yeah it's and true. it's now rolling to a new equilibrium where the coca-cola is um... yeah where people have their heads <laughs> way up their asses <laughs> and uh you know much like the ostrich they don't want to see the light of day mm. uh, and so they're gonna they're gonna keep themselves up in there for a while <laughs> and uh, I always it, thought this is a rumor that they don't do this. Actually, they do do this. Yeah, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard some I was pretty. Like, why? Uh, why would they do this? I've heard some pretty funny stories about that. Actually, oh okay. <laughs> some, that's another episode. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, us as as people, I can definitely see that that ball is in motion right now. Yeah. We are not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are not in the trench right now. No, it's we rolling. Are rolling towards the next phase of equilibrium. Mm. And um, going back is no longer an option. Going backwards no. is not an option. No, we can only no, go no. forwards. Yeah. And true. we can choose, however, what type of forwards we want to go with mm. and where we want to rest. Yeah, we don't have true. to play along with this garbage. We don't even have to fight it. I just think that honestly, don't pay attention to it, mm. right? Uh, at the same time, disempower it. If people think this is cool, tell them, you know, whatever. <laughs> tell <laughs> you know? them whatever. <laughs> I think I think that this this constant fighting and and like you know, just like they've said in the in the shock rock entertainment arena, is that uh, bad at bad at um, bad press is uh, is is good press in the end because it's exposure. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So true. and I see so many people talking about Elon Musk right now and all the stuff and Bill Gates and what they're up to and all that. It is horseshit. It's absolute horseshit that they have the ability to create these limited liability companies that can just become so massive and so destructive and no one in the end is actually really responsible for mm. the actions that's being you yeah know. true we have to do something with the plant i can't see you anymore <laughs> oh yeah like, the leaves have grown yeah it's like a little jungle here that's it <laughs> okay everybody okay we're we're, we're hanging up now good night <laughs> <laughs> good night and we'll see you on sunday bye bye with, with uh <laughs> i don't know what episodes what, what we have coming up do you have any ideas for the um yeah i think i have an idea all right, we'll we'll surprise you guys with it. <laughs> Until then, this has been another good episode. Bye bye. Bye bye.